There it is. I'm Charles Holmes from The Ringer Music Show. And I'm Cole Kushner from Dissect. And Charles and I are teaming up to create Last Song Standing, a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog. And for our first season, we're covering Kendrick Lamar. We're talking Good Kid to Pimple Butterfly, Damn, Mr. Morale, the mixtapes, the Lucy's, and the features. Listen to Last Song Standing on the Dissect podcast feed only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Oak. I'm Justin Cherry. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your sound-only co-hosts. Here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle this week. Resident Evil. Netflix's Resident Evil. This is how many Netflix video game adaptations and anime adaptations have we talked about on this podcast? Resident Evil. Lance Reddick's Resident Evil. Let's go. Lance Reddick's. This is We Too Are America. This this also is America. God damn it, McNulty. Uh, God God damn it, McNulty. None of us can clear his vocal register, dog. Like it's too low. No, no one can do. No one knows exactly how he does it. You know. Like, no one can make, like, okay. And, like, just when I turned the show off, it was, like, right when they had, when his children had realized, this is, you know, one of several plot twists. The whole show is plot to whatever. Anyway, <laughs> his daughters have, 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 like, you know, come, have, have had the realization that, this is the realization, the realization or revelation that their father is not who he appears to be. Um, you know, in the form of some video of him approaching some sort of nasty ass zombie clicker mother zero thing that they're keeping underneath mm-hmm. the umbrella corporation that he's going in to take skin samples off of. And he just before he goes in, he turns to the per- he turns to the cameraman and goes, if she tries anything, shoot the bitch. And like the way that he says it is almost like, you know, it's it's supposed to be like, oh my God, daddy said a terrible word. Daddy thinks of people as objects and playthings and he thinks he's God. But it sounds so respectful. <laughs> it sounds so distinguished when he says it because everything Lance Reddick says sounds distinguished. Yes, that yes, there is a as Mike is spelling out a kind of there. There are a hundred different total problems with this series. If we could just sort of set this up for listeners first, Resident Evil, classic, classic video game franchise, right? Survival horror uh, has been about a lot of things over the years, but is in a very broad sense about humans shooting zombies. Those zombies being created by the evil pharmaceutical company Umbrella, right? Lance Reddick, in this case, plays Albert mm-hmm. Wesker, who in the video games is like the villain. He is the mad scientist, but also co- like mad cop. <laughs> At least in the first game, you know, he's kind of in disguise as a cop, but like turned Neo from the Matrix. He's a lot of different shit. He's the villain. He's sort of, you know, 
you know, Serum like fueled villain. shoot the shoot the ceiling and run between the glass shards type speed shit. It's weird. Yeah, I've yeah, I've, it's I've seen the glimpses. <laughs> and here's the thing, Michael. Well, we should we should cards on the table up front. So like me, me personally, right? Resident Evil. I love Resident Evil. Resident mm-hmm. Evil is one of them shits. Like I remember playing the very first game on the original PlayStation when I was a small child, right? Like with my friend, my best friend at the time and his dad. And it's like this perfect, distinct mix of goofy as shit because it had voice acting, which is rare for a PS1 game. But it had like this terrible localization. Everything everyone says in the first game is like iconically stilted and stupid, right? And But it's also got all these jump scares, got dogs jumping through windows and shit. Uh, it's just like simultaneously goofy and terrifying the first Resident Evil game. And then it becomes this long running franchise. The games are all like to the, to the series credit, right? Like all the games, frankly, are really different and kind of inconsistent over time. And it's this, it's this rare franchise where like that kind of diversity of like what a Resident Evil game even is by 2022 is actually, I think a huge part of the longevity of the series in video game form, right? But Resident Evil is also like something that when you talk about adaptations, so like the the Paul W.S. Anderson movies, this TV show, yada, yada, is like, is way more fraught and it tends to disappoint fans of the ser- of the games like a lot. Um, and I'm coming to this conversation right. as that, Well, that'd be game. like, it's... I am coming to this as somebody who has only cursory understanding of and experience with the games. Like, I mean, just now when you were explaining it, I was being like, I was being like, oh yeah, I remember playing that in arcade. And I was like, no, that's Silent Hill. <laughs> I remember that a friend of mine <laughs> gave me, that's, that's the like, gave me a cop, yeah. gave I like listen. I'm I'm telling you, I'm, this is these are cards on the yeah, table. It's cards sure. on the table time. You had your time. Give me my time. <laughs> so you're playing Resident. Play like I played. I remember playing. Um, the, I think it was Resident Evil Four. I want to say it was on the PS3. Mm-hmm. And I remember like being like, all right, well, <clears throat> I've just never given this the time of day. I'm gonna like you know I'm gonna see what this is about. I remember that like it was a close in over the shoulder third person shooter. The graphics were smooth and everything, but like the like the shooting controls were sticky enough that it was like you can't be this unwieldy when I'm in this hot of an environment. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then and then I finally just put it down when like I think I got like I got my head slowly severed off by an executioner because yes! they had those giant eight foot niggas in with chainsaws and yes. burlap sack yes. uh, masks that just come up on you out of nowhere. And then it's not fast. It's not fast. It is a slow, gruesome death by chainsaw. And I was like, you know what? Nah, cool. <laughs> I'm right on this. That's like one of my favorite things about Resident oh. Evil is is death animations because like every generation of the game just death animations in Resident Evil. It's by the time you get to Resident Evil Six, you have like twenty second death animations, and even when those games are bad, sometimes you just like to watch like Sherry Birkin just eat shit for twenty seconds as somebody sticks a claw <laughs> through her through her stomach and just like graphically like defenestrates her on on camera it's great I, resident evil's great um yeah <laughs> it's great <laughs> i can imagine how it might also be frustrating <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just like yeah i was just wandering around with a flashlight and and the and, and you know like the sick bay looking for you know a medical chart for patient zero hoping that i might find what the temperature readout was for the perfect incubation of this virus so I could, you know, f- you know, get about figuring out a cure. And then you get your head split open, <laughs> like, and, and have people eat gray matter, you know, for the next 45 seconds. And your first reaction is cool. Yeah. You know, like she's, 
Should her, be her, right. her dialogue she is kind of whack anyway. Yeah, she be right. She her out. dialogue is whack, actually. She we'll gonna be back. She gonna be back. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like okay. For whatever reason, Resident Evil is the series that has just like over the years, time and again, different people adapt it. Different people are just sort of convinced that they. It's like. The movie, like the Resident Evil movies, are successful, but they just have this this kind of air of like eh, around them, of like, uh, do these people really get one? It's just a very one Mogan sort of sensibility to them, where it's just like you know, yeah, it's just like Mila Jovovich is back in a new world ending event. And like because of how they're but, named, you, know, you forget I've, the order those movies. The Mila Jovovich ones, you forget what order the I, movies like, it just, came it, out it in. Makes it, like, it doesn't matter. Like that, that actually, that is a better representation of my understanding of the Resident Evil series. Not the arcade zombie game. Resident Evil 4. Mila Jovovich for like probably a decade. <laughs> And now this Netflix thing. Yeah. That's where my Resident Evil understanding is at. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't know. So in this, the TV show, right? I think usually when people adapt Resident Evil, they kind of, they try to nail the over-the-top shit that, I think the people who like the games pretend isn't in the games. They're like, this is survival horror and like the writing is bad and the adaptations is like dog here's a secret here's a secret Mike of Resident Evil just so in terms of your sort of more distance from the series the, the secret of Resident Evil is that it it is a poorly written poorly organized lore like you have characters that get introduced with like long term implications to the plot in one game and then the series just disappears them like they never happened like I can count on like several hands how many characters exist like it's the lore of Resident Evil makes no sense. The the writing in all of the games, it's not just the first game. It's like even, even the newer games, it's just like, I'd say 7 and 8, which are the most recent Resident Evil games, right, have like decent writing, but they're always kind of schlocky and stupid. Like that's the thing about Resident Evil, though. You play it with this sense of like, one, I'm mostly here for the gameplay, dog. And, and two, insofar as there is writing in those games, it's writing that exists to be made fun of, largely, I would say. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the only difference is, like, which games are self-aware about it and which games aren't. Because, like, Resident Evil 4 is so goofy. Like, that game is totally self-aware about how... Like, it's a game about a white dude being sent to Spain to rescue the president's daughter from cultists, including a short dude who looks like Christopher Columbus, right? Like that's a game that's like stupid and it's written like a stupid game, but it's in on its own joke, you know? Um, And I think the Mm -hmm. weirdest thing about Netflix Resident Evil, like off the bat, is it kind of doesn't have that sense of humor about it. Or it does only kind of sporadically have a sense of humor. It feels like it's played so... It's played so straight. It's very. It's played incredibly straight. <clears throat> it's very. It's very TNT drama. Like it's this. It's this can yeah. just as easily be like Animal Kingdom. You know what I mean? There's yeah. kind of. I mean, it's just too. It's a teen drama that occasionally has like this uh, global conspiracy playing out over over the top of it. You know what I mean? And it's despite it being like a, like a a categorically a survival horror show, it's not really scary. It's just occasionally gross. Yeah. Um, Yes. It kind of like has more of like it. It has more of like the sensibility of like a like a mostly indoor sci-fi that's played totally straight. Yeah, and I, I you kind of at least I kind of wish the show was just that. Like one problem the show creates for itself, right, is it does this stupid timeline split thing where it's like you have, let's say, present day like 
the Lance Reddick is Wesker slash dad raising his two young daughters in this weird um, industry town where all the houses are white and it's like the Umbrella Corporation sort of like owns this town. It's like that part could be, like you said, a mostly indoor corporate intrigue type. What is the Umbrella Corporation? What are they doing with these like mutant experiments and shit? If it was just that, if they get like stick to that tone more consistently, it'd be fine. But they create this totally separate timeline. That's the future, right? Where it's like after the end, after the world has fallen apart and everyone's been turned into zombies. Everybody's wearing jumpsuits. Yeah. yeah like it's just there's it's very like remember <laughs> you saw everything everywhere all at once, right? I haven't right? seen it yet. No, no, remember no. When I they had they, I haven't. Well, they jumped. There's, there's a vert, like, there's a scene where, like, they, they jump to the, the gimmick is that they jump through different, like, realities by geo mapping, like, a, a version of events that plays out that involves things that are <clears throat> astronomically improbable. Like, you know. I show up in your room. I've manifested your room and kiss you on the cheek. That gives me like a 47 inch vertical in this universe. That's the logic of like the yeah. movie. Right. So they basically at, at the end of the movie, uh, um, like they, they need to go to the ends of the universe basically to escape the, Lovecraftian horror that's you know going through all of space time eating up everything and shitting out nothingness um, but the way that they represent that is like they're inside of this sprinter van and everybody's wearing hockey pads and sunglasses and they're on like Chromebook laptops yeah. like in the middle of the desert and the, and the van's rocking like that is like really sort of like what it feels like that's like the it's just sort of like you know just go with it this is this is this is the end of the world yeah. you know everybody's wearing m65 jackets and has face paint um but like it but then then again even though like i'm like poo-pooing it like this it ends up sort of working at yeah, the end of episode it, four. How much yeah, of this have you worked? How, how much of this have you watched? Yeah, I'm I'm yeah, five. I'm like, at five. Like the thing is in like I was watching um this Resident Evil speedrunner who I watch a lot, uh Bach Basuk, give his little like eight minute review where he's just like, Yeah, I watched the Resident Evil show. And he made he made the point that like this the biggest problem with this show is that the first two episodes are the worst episodes. Because it's like the show overall has not been great, but you're right, especially like by episode four, I think they really start to pick up the slack with the sort of post-apocalyptic timeline, especially with the fake Jack Black character who like starts to get some yeah, bars off. Yeah. He's like annoying as fuck for the first few episodes, but then like, I, I don't know. And then he get, and then he gets his, he gets his guitar solo. Yeah. He gets to like, you know, wander through like the cave shooting zombies with an AK-47 and a pistol on the other hand. It's like it's it's it like it has like if you could just stop trying to convince me to care so much about like the emotional valence of each of these characters like there's this sort of thing that's going on about like that almost the show wants to explore what it's like for these two girls that don't know their birth mother and have been moved from Umbrella Corp Tent City to Umbrella Corp Tent City for most of their formative lives. Like manifesting as something other than, you know, the usual sort of rote teenage angst. There's like... But then again, it's just like, you know, all you get is Jade being super annoying and then them eventually just being like, what's on dad's computer? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, there's not really... It's it's a lot of throat clearing for the first cutscene of a video game, it feels like, the yeah. first couple of episodes. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's funny, too, because like I remember the day this, this show dropped. I was like on Reddit. I saw, I was like paying attention to the Resident Evil subreddit naturally. 
And I see people just quoting, like, immediately. Like, people aren't even writing arguments about the show. They're just quoting lines from the show and sort of quoting them as, like, self-evidently stupid. And I'm sitting there rolling my eyes, and I'm like, dog, are y'all really going to sit here? Y'all people, this is the Resident Evil subreddit. Y'all know these games. Y'all going to screenshot, like, quotes from this show as if the games don't have, like, the worst writing you've ever seen in video games. So I'm sitting here thinking, like, these people are overblowing the the line from one of the one of the daughters about I, you know I only watch Zootopia porn in, in the, when they get to the house for the first time and shit oh, like that yeah. yeah she's just being like you know super aggy about for you know understandable reasons about being in a place she doesn't understand for reasons she doesn't you know want to hear about like it's, yeah. But yeah, she's just like going off for a straight 45 minutes. And even you, that like, you're just like, God, damn, just go up, go to your room. Like, you as a viewer, like, go to your room. God go damn. Your room. But it's like, I'm convinced that the people complaining up front when they're just quoting it, it's like sarcastically quoting it. But I'm convinced they're overblowing it. But then you do sit down and watch those first few episodes and you're just sort of like, oh my God, they, especially with the daughter, especially with, with Jade Billy, they spin their wheels so much. They don't really know what to do. The show doesn't know what to do. It's like a kernel of an interesting idea. Like you said, all this stuff about like, you know, being a teen with that level of anxiety and angst in that really stultifying, you know, it's like all white houses, town, picket fences, yada, yada, yada. Like there's something you could do with that, but they just yeah. give them corny dialogue and like, Again, it takes them so and long. And they have really boring, like they like the Their only girl that the only person that picks on them in school is uh, is the only other brown girl in school. They never develop that storyline. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, there's just sort of like it doesn't. It's, it's just sort of what kind of... I I've have watched four episodes and I have no idea what kind of show it actually wants, is is trying to be. Yeah, um, and that, that gets to what I'm saying, though, about why I think the split timeline structure is such a bad look for the show. Because it's like every time on one timeline where you feel like the show could settle down for a second and settle into a theme or something interesting about the characters, or an interesting character dynamic, it just hard cuts, you know, to the future, to the past, respectively. And, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they just made a really bad structural decision, and that one really bad structural decision informs all of these things we're talking about right now. Uh, I... The Jack Black stuff later on. I, I I don't remember. His name is Baxter, first of all. The the corporate. He's like the umbrella sort of. He's like a hack. He just sort of. He's a flack. He just which, sort of which, shows which up which and bosses like, soldiers you know, around you everywhere. You could just sort of. You could just sort of get to Baxter from Jack Black to flack. And he acts whatever. like Jack Black. Just, it's, it's just semantic satiation. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just you're, you're sitting. You're, you're writing this, and you're just kind of like Jack Black. Jack Black, 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 Baxter, 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 Baxter is the person that is going to roll around and create levity in this dark gray scene where there's a bunch of, you know, half-eaten corpses on the ground by getting, you know, dad jokes off. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Yeah, and I think the weird thing about Baxter is that because, like, the levity is obnoxious at first and can seem out of place. But weirdly enough, I think his his dark sense of humor is the truest thing in the show to Resident Evil as a series. Because that's kind of like Resident Evil is just so quippy. Like the video game series is so quippy and hammy, you know? You know what? You know what I was thinking when I, when Baxter... So <clears throat> the sequence that I was describing before is that like in this you know, the the end of the world timeline. Jade is one is like, you know, a fugitive wanted by the Umbrella Corporation for having survived the first outbreak. Like being one of the original healthy people that they need her blood sample for like mass producing a cure. Or so I'm assuming from like, you know, but for whatever reason, Umbrella Corps after so on and so forth. At this point, you realize that her that her sister is alive. We are to believe she's died up to this point in this future time. That reveal is good, by the way. And I think that reveal is good. That reveal is the reveal is pretty good. But but like the the two of them get captured by the Brotherhood, which are like these French like. I don't know, man. I'm just going to say extremely French dudes. Yeah. Like they, they like it's 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 really it's it's kind of like I don't know how you can't describe it any other way. There's a bunch of French guys underground with man buns wearing aviator glasses <laughs> and smoking Virginia Slim cigarettes yeah. talking about how like you know we need to we just have to live in symbiosis with the people that are with the with the affected and so on and so forth. You know, just religious moon speak. But the two of them get captured together and like the Brotherhood are keeping a bunch of zeros. Those are the zombies. That's what they call the zombies. In like really dilapidated cages. Um just underground like i mean it looks like really they could get a little bit agitated one could bump into the other one and they could fall and the gate could open kind of like you know infrastructure yeah so they get they get jailed in there with them um they share a cell and they start a breakout which of course you know uh engenders a riot and they fight their way out and i remember like there's a there's there's this one frame where of course like the, the the camera turns long ways and you know he's striding through like you know just red mist shotgun pointed behind pistol in front turning around doing all this cool shit that like you know that this per like it just doesn't like it's just because it doesn't he doesn't look the part you know like he yeah, doesn't he really look does. athletic the whole he time not. he just looks he just looks he just he just looks like he has like shit to say, you know? <laughs> but then he does all of this. And I remember I remember thinking, being like, this this nigga has absolutely played every Resident yeah. Evil game and he lobbied like and he lobbied to be this character so that he could do this scene. Yes. And he's living his life's dream right now. Like that was yeah. like, that's yeah. That was like the kind of connection I was having when I was watching that scene. I was just like, why is the whole thing not this fun? Like that's that like that was the because uh, yeah, it's like he is he feels like the only character that truly understands the assignment because he does all that. And like, you know, Jade is having this raw emotional time, blood all over her face. I have to save the sample of the mother zero so that I can say that the virus is evolving and I can cure the world. And I'm doing this for my family. And he's just like having a great time. 
Yeah. Like, and, until he can't get out of the pit and he's like, damn, fuck, <laughs> is literally what he's, he's just like, he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> I slipped. <laughs> like, and, and that's really it. Like, and I, like, the, the rest of, he's like the only person that's, that seems to understand how campy this is supposed to be. That, that that interpretation of that bit is is so dead on, and it's like there are other the whole thing about like I, I don't know. There's so much fan service too surrounding that part because it's it's where the chainsaw dude shows up. That's Doctor Salvatore, who's like a reference to Resident Evil Four, and it's it, they give him the line mm-hmm. that Jill has in the first Resident Evil game that the series constantly brings up of like the master of unlocking. He's like, you could just call me the master of unlocking when he starts. And it's just like, you're right. He has like so much fan service, fan, fan ass energy in that stretch of that episode. And it's, yeah, you're right. It's like, where is that exuberance? I mean, I feel like the answer to the question is like, it's not just that he as an actor is the only person in the show who got the, who who understood the assignment, but it's also just like, the writing and direction also didn't understand. You know what I mean? It's sort of because it's all the other shit that's so muted yeah. and, mm-hmm. and just gray. So much of the show tonally is just very um again, it's not conducive to the con- to the performance that fake Jack Black is doing in that moment. And you wonder why, right? Because that shit is fun. And you're just like, why aren't we having more fun? You know what I mean? Resident yeah. Evil's fun. Yeah, it's like a horror thing, but it's mostly it's mostly fun and it sounds stupid. Yeah, I, like it was just kind of like, oh, this could have been very Shaun of the Dead like yeah, is what yes, like I yes. was thinking when I was watching that scene. And then you go back to 28 days late, like, you know, the sort of Yeah, you go back to this the this boilerplate survival horror thing. Like which is not my understand is not my limited understanding of what Resident Evil is supposed to be. I guess. Yes. Can we talk about? However, wait. Can we talk about Lance Reddick? We have. We. I was about to say. Yeah, I was about (laughs) to say. We got to talk about Lance Reddick. (laughs) Um. Wait. Can I give some some background for this too? So. This I forgot how long ago this series was announced. One of the first things announced about it was that Lance Reddick would be playing Albert Wesker. In the games, Albert Wesker is a kind of complicated character introduced in the very first game, leaves the series basically in Resident Evil 5 is when he's killed off. Um, There are references to this in the show, but like he, in the first game, you think he's a cop, but really he's sort of like a, he's undercover and he's the mad scientist that helped Umbrella Corporation design the T-virus with blah, 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 zombies, blah, 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 mutants. Um, Blah, blah, blah. This eventually, you know, he he's a big part of how the zombie outbreak happens in Resident Evil 2 and Raccoon City. And uh, throughout the series, you know, it's just like Wesker. Wesker is like supposed to be too cool for school, right? He wears shades and he has this air of mystery and dickishness about him. And his last appearance in the series is him wearing a fucking full leather trench coat and doing Neo from the Matrix type shit, and then transforming into a mutant with appendages jutting out of his body, uh, and dying uh, while being shot by rocket launchers while he's simultaneously drowning in a volcano. That's Albert Wesker, right? In this shit, in this show, Albert Wesker is Lance Reddick playing... Is your dad. dad. He's just he's like, dad. he's... He's 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 your lenient dad. He's got, the worst he's part is that he's ha- your lenient dad. He has... He's your... Le- like, he is your lenient, a little bit out of his depth, you know, wishes mom would come home and save him from himself kind of dad. <laughs> yep. Like, mm-hmm. this is... Like he's got a half zip, he's got a half zip in every neutral color. You feel me? Like there's like he wears <laughs> like he's there's he, like he has those cool sunglasses. You know, before he dies in a volcano in the game, he's got like you know just clean square frames from Warby Parker that you can set your watch to. Like there's <laughs> there's nothing. 
like a, he is totally unassuming until until there is like you know like I said like he his daughters are in new place having trouble adjusting they get in one of them gets into a fight in the lunchroom he has to come for you know like parent teacher conference which you know, weird to understand he's missed a lot of, he's just not around. He's not being a good parent because he's, you know, inventing the virus that's going to kill the world right now, you know, so he's busy. But goes to this parent-teacher conference and the thing is that, like, he's just been so nice and such a pushover and, like, kind of just, like, milk toast, you know, to his fire-breathing 14-year-old daughters to this point. Yeah. And he yeah. goes, he goes into this parent teacher conference and this, like this dad is like, you know, he's, you know, beating his feet about I'm pressing charges. Like, you know, there's these kids could think they could do anything they want. I, you know, she could have killed her, blah, 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 blah. You know, that type of shit. And then he comes in. Adjusts his, just and first, as immediately after opening the door, before he sits down, adjusts his blazer and says, Oh, yeah, I can hear you guys, you know, thin walls. <laughs> sits down. Before the teacher can even really start talking, he was just kind of like, uh, You threatened my daughter, right? <laughs> and the guy goes, Like, everybody in the situation knows like about Wesker before you like watching the show like know about like his pull right. and the way that this universe works but he sits down and it's like air goes out of the room despite him being like you know charming and dignified and regal and all this other shit and like when he turns to this guy and goes you know how many people could do my job one how many people could do your job 10,000 like, you know, <laughs> and he goes, so suppose I call both of our bosses and I say, I'm going to quit unless, what's your name? <laughs> like, it is, it is, it is like a perfect breakdown of your black father comes into school to put like the, like to lay down the law. <laughs> like, listen, I'm going to beat this kid's ass when we get home, but nobody else in here is going to mess with my child. Yeah. Do you understand? I want Pornhub to shred your resume. <laughs> like the line is so bizarre. <laughs> That's a line I, I like. That's like a good resume line. To shred this <laughs> I, I don't want Google to hire yeah. you. I want Pornhub to shred your resume. Um, that's like one, I, I think that scene, that scene is brilliant. That scene is like one of the moments in the show where definitely like the style of parenting they make him have pays off. I do think that like, it really snapped me out in the first episode where it's like, the, his daughters say some wild shit to him and he responds in the some meekest crazy man. stuff. Yeah. He's just like, well, uh, uh, see you for dinner. And it's just like, whoa, whoa. Like Albert Wesker, because it's like in oh, the yeah, games, like, Wesker is such a dickhead. He would like slap his kids. He would not be dealing with this dog. Like it's it's not. Yeah, like I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, it's just I'm... <laughs> like the lack of respect. It's so crazy, <laughs> and but it works so well for this one scene. It is such a great payoff. Like, it, because it's just kind of like, because it's not just you realizing this about this character. His daughter in the back of the classroom is realizing this about him, too. Because she's yeah. also never seen him like this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, too, like, I, look, regardless of my critique of, of Netflix's Albert Wesker's parenting, right? I think Lance Reddick is a net positive for the show. I think he's like one of the... He, he doesn't bring the approach that fake Jack Black does, but he, I don't know, Lance Reddick just has the presence, right? He just sort of at, at his worst in this show. He has the presence to kind of hold this thing together and strap it to his back, right? And just kind of sell the corporate intrigue and the sort of mystique of what he's even up to and what this company has gotten itself into. Like, you have to remember, too, like, when this show got announced, it was like, he yeah, got it's announced... Just like, it's re 
it's really like what it what keeps you around is the question of who could be Lance Reddick's boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like what who could like who what kind of shit could he be into? Because this is like you really like even for four episodes in, like you have no idea. You really don't. That's not a like you don't get the full scope of it. You you get it, but you don't. It's not laid out like spelled out for you. Yeah, and, and I think that's the nature. His acting is just really good at selling that kind of mystique. Uh, there was like the backlash when this show was sort of first announced. Of like, there were there were gamers who were really mad that that Wesker was going to be black, and the the sort of I don't even I, the thought process that led people to sort of get hung up on Lance Reddick being Wesker sounded really stupid at the time. About like well, Wesker's character is it's is actually stupid. eugenicist, and so it's, it's out of character for him to be black. It's like, what are you talking about? It's a fucking show about zombies. Like, get the fuck out of here. Um, it's a video game character. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. It okay, it's it's always it's always stupid, and it's it's and it's always you know breathlessly justified. So. Yeah, and I think there are definitely problems with the show's characterization of Wesker, but I, as far as like the actor playing it, like whatever problems there are with Wesker in the show, I think are just about the writing of the show in general and the characterizations. It's certainly not about Lance Reddick's performance. But yeah, that's despite the fact that Lan- even Lance Reddick isn't really doing the thing that uh, Baxter is doing. He doesn't, he's not hamming it up um, he's kind of hamming it up by Lance Reddick's standards. Like, I, I, there's this really great compilation. It's like an old compilation on YouTube that's called. Um, it's like Daniel's catchphrase from The Wire, and Daniel's is is Lance Reddick's character from The Wire. And it's kind of misleadingly titled because all of the all of the scenes in this compilation are scenes where it's like Daniel's is frustrated with someone, and his response is that classic thing he does, where he sort of like locks eyes with them and just walks away and says nothing. And it's like, he that's the style it's, of acting. It, like, it's like, no, you know what it is? It's like, he lot, like, it's, 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 it's not just locking eyes. It's like, you can see the whites of his eye and specifically that yeah. one brown spot he has in the right one. And it's just like, <laughs> It's it's like like laser beams come out and burn the other person's stomach, <laughs> kind of yeah. like yeah. glare. Yeah, and it's sort of that's oh. uh, that's presence, man. To, to have your catchphrase be the lack of a catchphrase, that's presence. And yeah, there's something about that that feels so. There's something about. Um, Lance Reddick's capabilities that do feel essential to what this show could be if more actors and more of the writing was on the same page. But otherwise, it's like, it's just a lot of like teen girl, like low grade teen girl drama plus futuristic, like, you know, like everybody has dirt on their face you know, action scene type shit. Like, I mean, like, it's like, it feels like teen girl drama. The teen girl drama is, like, perfunctory. Yeah. Like, and... You know how it feels like when you're watching a sci-fi story and it feels like they want to tell a teen girl drama story? It feels like there's, like, you know, this is very much the opposite of that, where it feels like this is, like, we got to get through this to get to the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. For me, it just all comes back to like they they fuck themselves with the structure of it. I'd be happy to watch a show about Lance Reddick and his two daughters destroying the world with genetic experimentation <laughs> at uh, an evil pharmaceutical company. Especially, yo, the woman, the CEO. So I, that's another performance I think is good. Evelyn, the CEO. Yo, Evelyn, Evelyn. with the Rock Lee yeah. eyebrows. Explain the eyebrows. Don't. She has two-inch eyebrows. Two inches thick. Explain her eyebrows. You said TikTok. I asked you, what the fuck is the deal with Evelyn's eyebrows? And you just responded, TikTok. She has the fucking Rock Lee eyebrows from fucking Naruto, dog. Explain I, it. I said... I said that shit because why are you asking me, nigga? I have no idea. 
because she 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 probably has her eyebrows like that because she has her eyebrows like that. Does she want to be? The, I, I doubt there's a costume note that they want to make her face more no, expressive. I think they this did. Is, I, I think, I think it's, it's her fate. eyebrows, dog. dog. I think it's fake. I don't think those are. Her, I I do not think. And Lord, strike me down if I'm just being rude. I do not think in real life that actor walks around Soho with two inch Rockley eyebrows. Them shits look taped on. That's why it was why it was conspicuous to me. Like if it had just been, oh, she has thick, lush, tall eyebrows, I don't think I would have noticed. It was the fact that at one point I felt like I saw her real eyebrows under her fake eyebrows. And then I was like, why they put duct tape on her head? <laughs> It's clashing with her hairline. I don't know, dog. She had anime eyebrows, oh, and I'm upset about it. God, but dog. she's kind of okay. So now that I'm on her, though, Evelyn, the CEO of, of Umbrella, like I think she she also is doing. You know, she has to be uptight, evil woman, like e- evil girl boss, right? So she has to do a kind of clinched performance in a way that, like Jack Black, obviously fake Jack Black, obviously doesn't have to do. But I do think that in her capacity. She's kind of doing hammy villain. Uh, to me, it's, it feels like very Resident Evil 5 style performance. I think she's doing well with that. She's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, the part like, where she cuts know. off the rat's head with the scissors, like that's some that's Resident Evil. That's kind of the over the yeah, top. Yeah, like she's doing like the very like, you know, the world will forgive me because yeah. I'm rich and beautiful type villainous thing is like definitely she's having like more fun than it seems the character is written to allow for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause she does got to do like the up to like, cause I mean like, like the, they do seem to be doing the thing where it's like umbrella corp is like, because they mention other tech giants and they mention it in the company of other tech giants and they keep currently being like, Oh, we have to, we're after, uh, Billy gets bitten by like, you know, the sick dog. And she's like, am I going to have to quarantine? It's, it's, it's subtle. They slide it in there, but Lance Reddish is like, no, this isn't like COVID. They try to keep current enough that yeah, you yeah. think about like a umbrella and conversation with like Facebook, like, and it's supposed to look that way from the outside. And, but also, like, you know, she wears nicely tailored power suits and heels all the time. She's not like a, she's, she's not, they're not doing, they're not trying to go over the top with doing the Zuckerbergian thing. Yeah. Which I guess, like, a lot of these video game adaptations tend to do. But also, like, that is, like, kind of where they seem to be positioning, like, Umbrella, anyway. I think also more than that line about... But she wiggles around in that. I think also more than that line about COVID in the show, the thing that that most sort of feels of the moment to me is the fact that Umbrella is like one of those companies that very clearly by no definition is a tech company that nonetheless just identifies as a tech company. Like, dog, y'all make pharmaceuticals. It's not a tech company. Y'all not competing with Google. You make (laughs) medicine. You AstraZeneca. (laughs) But they very much do that thing that people do in this decade. Uh, it's like, we're a tech company. We work tech company. How is it a tech company? Don't ask us. We have an app. I don't know. First, they say you're crazy. Then they try to fight you. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you start you, st- <laughs> you start a cataclysmic world ending event. Uh, uh, <laughs> the story yeah, of that, I mean, that is what tech companies do. Oh, <laughs> that's the narrative. Um... I don't know. I don't I don't really have that much else to say about this show. Like I said, I I I don't I don't hate it. I do think I'm kind of bored by it. Which is almost worse, right? Cuz it's like Resident Evil, I'm telling you, the games some of the worst video game writing you will ever encounter, you will encounter in a Resident Evil game, a Resident Evil localization. But I think a lot of bad stuff in Resident Evil is redeemed by how goofy and iconically goofy it is, you know? And I think this show, it needed more Evelyn. It needed more Baxter. It needed more some bits of Lance Reddick's performance. And I don't know, man. It needed a lot less Jade, I think. 
is the issue. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Netflix. Sorry. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I like Cowboy Bebop. I don't know. I'm still standing by that Netflix. But y'all got it. Well, that's, that's you. Me, you know, that's 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 you. That's the that's you. IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes ratings are not with me on that one, brother. Uh, I don't know, listeners. Write into us this week. Resident Evil. Netflix's Resident Evil. Paul W. S. Anderson's Resident Evil. Shinji Mikami's Resident Evil. Whichever Resident Evil is your Resident Evil. Please write into us at soundonlypod at gmail.com. Seriously, I'd love to talk to people about Resident Evil. I've been playing, I have been playing those games since I was a small child. I love the series to this day. I have lots of thoughts. Oh, I have so many thoughts about Shinji Bikami and Resident Evil and everybody else involved in that series. Micah, you got anything else to say? Yeah, um, you know, write to me if you've been watching The Old Man. Um, I've been enjoying that on on FX, which is like, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that. Wait, which write, one is The Old Man? That. Not about Resident Evil. Which, I'm a, which one is The Old Man? The Old Man is, that's <clears throat> that's Jeff Bridges. That's the, the one on FX. Um, uh, you know, like one of those... Ad, it's like a it's an adaptation of one of those uh spy novels you used to see like in the book aisle in the magazine aisle at Alverson's, you know? Like <laughs> it's like that sort of it's it's ultra dad TV, but it's also slick and stylish. Um wait, yeah. this is the uh, one with Lithgow with John Lithgow. I saw the poster for this. I need to watch this. I mean, Jeff Bridges is great, but like, yeah. yes, Bridges Lithgow. Right. Okay. Now I know what you're talking about. Okay. Bet. <laughs> don't wave, don't wave Jeff Bridges off like that. Anyway. Rock, come on, um, dog. Legend. Legend. We stand a white legend. Uh, but yeah, uh, soundonlypod at gmail.com. Yes. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Michael Peters. We'll see y'all next week. 